Welcome to the Game Day Tailgate Show with Black and Abdallah. Black and Abdallah on the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. Week 9 in the NFL, the Bears and the Saints face off at noon. You'll hear the game right here on ESPN 1000. Black and Abdallah for the next two hours talking football with you here on ESPN 1000. The Bears are 2-6, and six, Abdallah. The Saints are 4-4. Four and four. Bears travel to New Orleans. They haven't played well in New Orleans in quite some time. It's been a really long time since the last time the Bears have won down in the Big Easy. There's a lot to get to. In the next two hours, and if you want to join the conversation, you can call us at 312-332-3776 as we talk Bears football with you this morning. Getting you ready for the Bears pregame show that kicks off at 10 o'clock with Sylvie Lance and Dion as they'll get you ready for Bears and Saints today at noon. All right, Abdal, where where do we start? I think there's a couple uh, top stories that we can get to. Uh, I think most notable at this moment uh, we can get into the Montez Sweat extension, a four-year deal, $98 million signed yesterday. So he's in for a long-term deal. Then also the notable news from Friday, Justin Fields practiced on Friday. He was limited in practice. He's listed as doubtful for today. Matt Eberflus said on Friday that that means he's 51% out, which I would reverse and say, well, that means there's a 49% chance he could play today. So there you go. That That's the news from Friday. Now, I don't think it's likely Tyson Bajan has been listed the starter for the entire week. Uh, but Justin Fields throwing a football and practicing on Friday. Yeah, I, I think it looks good for Thursday against the Panthers. You know, it's a short week, Thursday night football. Um, I don't think he's going to play today. Uh, I, I appreciate your optimism. Uh, but I don't think that Fields is going to play today. I, I don't think know that, if that's optimism. I just, isn't that just what it is? If yeah, you're I mean, 51% likely out, that means that you're 49% possible to play. I go back to what he told Waddle and Sylvie on Monday uh, after the loss and said, Bajan's our guy this week again. He's going to play. He's getting all the reps. I think it's good that Fields is progressing. I wouldn't rush him out there. I think we kind of, like, if Bajan was playing really well, I could see Fields, you know, going into Iberflus' office and be like, I'm ready, I'm healthy, let's go. Like, this guy's not taking my spot, right? But at the same time, also, for the future, you want he wants to be healthy. He doesn't want another injury. He wants to put good tape on the field for whatever the Bears end up doing with him, whether they keep him, whether they trade him, whether they really, whatever ends up happening, right? So he wants to put good tape out there for the league and for the Bears and everything like that. So I don't think you rush back and try to play this Sunday, play today. I think you come back on Thursday. It's a short week. It's not like he doesn't know the system. It's not like, oh, well, what is he? He's not going to practice. He'll be fine. You go out there. There's not a lot of practices this week, mostly walkthroughs uh, for the remainder of the week leading into the Panthers game. And he goes out there and he plays against the Panthers. And now, if he doesn't play well and Bajan plays well today, then we have a quarterback controversy. Like oh, then, now, now we do? Well, no. I mean, listen. You, like you, You've kind of poo-pooed the idea the entire time that Fields has well, been out. Well, it's just surprising to me that we didn't start today with, uh, is there another quarterback controversy? Because I think we all kind of saw what Tyson Bajan is. Like, he came back down to earth. Like, he's a backup. He's a quality backup. Like, there's, yes, 
Does he need? Do you need to see more from him to to come to that conclusion? Probably. But of the couple games that we've seen him play, he's a good backup, and I don't think he's with maybe with more experience, he could become a starter someday. We'll see how he does against a much better defense that he's faced so far. The Saints have a top ten defense. They're great against the run. They're pretty good against the pass, but for the most part, they are a top 10 defense. So this will be a different animal that Tyson Bajan has to play today. I'm fine with Fields sitting out another week and being like, you know what? <laughs> the Panthers. <laughs> I don't need to come back today. Let's get the Panthers. Well, I, I do think you're a little aggressive in the idea that Bajan is only a good backup. I don't think we know. And I'm not suggesting that he starts over Fields. I just think that while we've seen through two efforts as a, as a rookie starter, I would like to see more. Today, we're going to see more. I think it will allow us to formulate an opinion even more on Tyson Bajan. I wouldn't say that he's ruled out as far as being a, a starter. Is he the answer long-term for this team? No. The answer long-term for this team, you probably watched if you're watching college football last night. Uh, USC, Washington, two guys going head-to-head. Michael Penix, Caleb Williams. You probably have your quarterback in some form for the future in a draft pick that you'll have in the top 10 this upcoming draft. That's probably the answer. Now, Justin Fields can change that if he comes back on Thursday like you're suggesting and plays really well. You know, who knows what he could do for the rest of the season? I think the, the options are still there. I just want to see more from Tyson Bajan because what I saw in the first two games was encouraging. It, it didn't look like the, the moment was too big for him. It didn't look like he was uh, struggling as far as comprehending what was taking place in front of him, the speed of the game. Did he make some bad decisions in the last last game against the Chargers? Yeah. Did he throw a bad pick? Sure. Absolutely. He wasn't perfect. I'd like to see more, though. The offense did look like he makes quicker decisions, and that's something we've been asking from Justin Fields the entire season. Okay. They couldn't hang with the Chargers. Of course they can't. But like They can't but, hang with many teams. No, I understand that, but like... The only he's, teams they, they've it's hung not like with he came in and is, It's not like he came in and is light years better. It's not like he came no. in and he's Will Levis, right? Like, Will Levis looked the part. Will Levis led touchdown drives throughout the game. Like, obviously, the, he threw an interception and lost the game, but he's a rookie quarterback. You're going to make mistakes. But that dude looked the part. Like, Will Levis looks ready. Bajan couldn't hang. He can't. They threw down the field a little bit more. Yeah. But it's obvious that the, the coaching staff doesn't think he can do it. But there have been games where they've done that with Justin Fields. I understand so like that, your, but we know Fields logic can do it. We know Fields I'm, can throw down the field. We've seen it. Occasionally. We've seen it. Yeah, but he doesn't do it consistently. That's why we're having this conversation in the first place. Justin Fields, in the past, has not been consistent as far as a passer going down the football field and stretching the defense. That's the problem. There's no consistency. Otherwise, we wouldn't be having this debate. We wouldn't even be bringing this up, up as a topic. But the, the problem is, Fields will return. And at that point, whether it be Thursday or in the future, they're going to be looking at a quarterback that needs to prove he's worthy of this team putting uh, the future in, in his hands. No, absolutely. But I don't think that the answer, like it's not like at the end of the year, they're not going to be drafting a quarterback in the, in the upcoming draft. Like, they're not just going to sit there and be like, well, we've got Bajan. Let's see what we've got. And if he doesn't, we'll draft a quarterback next year. That's not going to be the case. At this moment, it seems as if they will be drafting a quarterback. And if Fields comes back and plays really well for the remaining however many games there are, eight or nine, then 
Maybe they have a tougher decision to make. I don't think Bajent is going to make that a tougher decision for them. Black and Abdallah on a Sunday morning. We'll take your phone calls at 312-332-3776. Earl in Hyde Park. You're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Earl? Hey, how are you guys doing this morning, man? We're good, man. What's up? Good, good. I, I have to disagree with him. I, I think Bajent is more than a backup quarterback. Um, last week's game, to me, was not about Bajent. I'm not a Bears fan, but I do watch the, the, the games. Um, it, last week was about the defense not being able to stop anyone. Uh, that wasn't about him playing well or not playing well. Yes, he threw an interception. That second interception was not his fault. That was on Mooney. Mooney couldn't hold on to the ball. You get any receiver, they can't. the ball comes to them, and they can't hold on to it, and there's a defender around. That Chances are that's going to be an interception. But I, I think Bajit has – I know he has the right attitude. And to me, he just needs a few more reps, and he needs some, a few more weapons around him to be the quarterback that I think he can be. I, I think, yeah, he's Division two, but I think he has the tools to be a quarterback. So to say that based off of last week that he's, you know, he kind of came down to earth and he's just like this glorified backup. No, I, I think he can be a starting quarterback in the NFL. But like any position, he needs more reps and he needs more time to play. Thanks for the call, Earl. Appreciate it. Yeah, and I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I don't think he's going to be a long-term starter in the league. I just think what we've seen to this point with Tyson Bajan, I'd like to see a little more. You'll get to see more today. Yeah, and he's going to be going up against a really good defense in the uh, New Orleans Saints. The Saints are six against yards per play defensively. So they're, they're a team that doesn't give up a lot of uh, a yardage. I, I do think when you look at opponent uh, rushing yards per game for the Saints, they're middle of the pack. So the Bears need to lead things off by running the football today, make it easier for their quarterback. I think that's that's where Luke Getze gets in uh, to issues at times. The way that they kind of like set up the offense is that they don't lead run first and then they get behind it and then they're trying to force the run in situations that you really should be passing and, and vice versa. I think that's where Getze in the pass has kind of fallen into an issue. Yeah, but you also have to... I keep going back to what Chris Collinsworth said and everybody was trashing him for a lot of stuff that he said on Sunday, I keep going back to the part where he said you have to throw to set up the run sometimes. And everyone knows the Bears are going to try to run the football. And they're going to try to let, be like, all right, you're going to let a backup try to beat us? Go right ahead. Let's see what he does. And he couldn't do it. And it didn't look good. Like, it did not look good. They lost 30-13. to It did not look good. And one of those touchdowns was a very garbage touchdown at the end of the game with four minutes left in the game. Like, that's not... He had, or sorry, two minutes left in the game at the end. Like, there's not a anything to me that he can do that Fields can't, except his footwork is a little better. Well, his footwork and his decision making to to get the football out of the pocket is quicker. Okay, and that then is noticeable. He's still he's still overthrowing guys. He's underthrowing. Like he's not. My point is that we saw the side by side video of Bajent and Fields, and yes, he gets the ball out faster, but Fields is still moving the ball down the field at a better rate, more consistently, and it's a it's an issue here when you're trying to keep up in games. Like, yeah, I understand the Bears were down 14 to nothing with, like, five minutes into the game, but you still need to be able to come back and try to rally from that, and it's something he couldn't do. That, to me, signals a bigger problem with just the way this team approaches situations where they're clearly an underdog. Like, they don't know how to keep games no, close. No, they don't. Brian in Kenosha, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Brian? Hey guys, uh, happy Sunday morning. Happy Sunday. I, uh, What's up? I 
I feel like people fall in love with the backup quarterback because it's that, that idea of hope. Like, yeah, they could come in. They could be the next Brock Purdy. But they fail to realize that Kyle Shanahan makes every quarterback look good. Like, the idea that if you put Brock Purdy on the Bears, he'd be hot garbage. If It's just one of those ideas where people, like, they get too excited about the hope that somebody might break out. And also, we love a good underdog story. So, Absolutely. Thanks for the call, Brian. Appreciate you. I think people do love the uh, the underdog story and the fact that you know he came from a Division two school and that you know came in and, and it, during the preseason especially and was lighting it up in preseason and then was elevated to the number two quarterback and then you know we saw him come in when Fields was hurt but I think it had to do more with the Raiders game right like when he went out there and beat the Raiders and like didn't do a whole lot but still led the team on touchdown drives and got the win and you beat a bad football team but you still got a win it doesn't matter who you're playing it's the team in front of you right and today's going to be a different animal he couldn't do it against the chargers today's a much better defense than the chargers we'll see what happens i think in the past the the problem is most uh backup quarterbacks that we see in this city uh enter the game and they're terrible and they they look like they shouldn't be professional level quarterbacks Mm -hmm. and i think that's a difference like you mentioned the raiders game for bajan he looked like a professional quarterback absolutely does that mean he's better than justin fields no but he looked competent and that's something that we haven't always seen from the backup quarterback role where like that last call from brian like yeah people are hoping that that guy could turn out whoever it may be usually they go in there and they look horrendous and it's like, well, of course, we can't do anything right. We can't even get a backup <laughs> who's competent. Drew in Vernon Hills, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Drew? Hey, so, look, just you, you made a comment that Justin Fields can't consistently throw the ball down the field. He can't consistently no, he can, play well. But yeah, 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 so that we're in agreement on. He can consistently throw the ball down the field and look unbelievable doing it. The problem is he can't figure out when to do it and who's open quickly. So, like, that's he's inconsistent with the decision-making, not the beautiful throw down the field. I mean, there's a reason why guys get picked as high as him. He has a beautiful long ball that is unbelievably accurate. Yeah. Bajent has none of that. He can't do it, right? But the guy can make decisions. And so it's like you've got polar opposite quarterbacks here. It's not that Bajent's going to, like, if somebody believes that Tyson Bajent is a starter in the NFL, they're crazy. He is not. But the guy can make really quick decisions and play good football. So... Um, you know, I mean, here we are. Go Bears, right? This is what we've been doing for, <laughs> for my whole lifetime. Welcome to what we live with. Thank, thank you, Drew. Thanks for the phone call. <laughs> yep. There he is. There's Drew and Vernon Hills. So, uh, yeah. So go I, Bears. <laughs> uh, it's just... what, we, what we have here. It's uh, kind of all we've got. Uh, Chase on the south side. Hello, Chase. Hey. Good morning, fellas. Good morning, Chase. It was great seeing you guys the other day too, though. Yeah, Carmen's too, event. Chase. It was a great time. Good to see you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so um, I wanted to say, like, for tonight's game, well, today's game, um, actually, um, I just want to say this. So if they lose this game, and obviously they could possibly lose, like, they could possibly go two and eight. Like, there's no way in the world they could consider bringing this coach back. I know a lot of people. I know a lot of guys was worried about. I know a lot of y'all was worried that maybe there's a chance that he was to come back, but there is no way in the world that this coaching staff will come back, right? I mean, if they continue losing. Because if they lose this game, I know Carolina may be a possibility, but I cannot see a scenario where they can bring this coaching staff back after. I mean, think about it. They lose this game. You're talking about what? Uh, Iberfus is 
five and thirty or something. I mean, come on, there's no way he could survive this, can he? Uh, Matt Eberflus entering today today's action is five and twenty in two years. Yeah, I don't think there's um, no way. Barring some massive turnaround where you know they win today, they beat the Panthers and then go on a win streak. I I don't think that uh, that that decision is uh, is going to be a hard one. Thanks for the call, Chase. Appreciate you. All right, have a good one. There he is, Chase on the south side. Black and Abdallah here on ESPN 1000 on a Sunday morning. Talking Bears football. If you want to discuss the quarterback situation, Justin Fields on Friday, he practiced. He was limited in practice, and he was listed as doubtful for today. Eberflus on Friday, so that means he's 51% out. But we'll see how the weekend goes. Well, the weekend has come and gone, and now it's Sunday morning, and we're getting ready for a noon kickoff. We'll find out if... Justin Fields will be active today. We'll find that out in probably about two and a half hours. Uh, we'll find that information out. But Tyson Bajan, what do you expect from him? And also, Montez Sweat signs a new contract yesterday with the Bears. We'll talk about it. ESPN Chicago. It's the game day tailgate show with Black and Abdallah on the new home of the Chicago Bears. ESPN Chicago. You can get your baguettes ready, my man. My baguettes stay ready. Yeah, we go back to the summer, Cap and Jay Hood. <laughs> Philly and McHenry. Philly and McHenry on ESPN 1000. All right, Philly. Hey, how you guys doing? Hey, Cap. Uh, What's up, man? Hey, you know, I, I, I got to tell you, I've been, I've been pro Justin Fields for as long as he's been a bear. I'm a big Ohio State guy. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to tell you something. This baguette guy, this backup quarterback. Bajan. <laughs> Bajan. Repeat after me. Tyler Bajan. He's not a baguette. Tyson. This baguette guy. Hmm? But I'm going to tell you something. This baguette guy, this backup quarterback. It's the best. It's still the best. It's awesome. And it's great. And the hype was great. And the the week we had leading up to the Chargers game was awesome. And then throughout the game, everyone was kind of like, yeah, this is just a backup. And that's fine. Look, there's nothing wrong. One of the best positions in sports to be is a backup quarterback. Ask Chase Daniel and how he sleeps on a bed of money. The scene in Breaking Bad where it's Bill Burr and the other dude, and they lay down on that bed of money. That's what Chase Daniel does every single night, and it's a great gig, and there's nothing wrong with that. And you would need to, like, the entire time going into the season, Chris, we talked about how only, like, three or four quarterbacks played the entire season. You need a capable backup. You need a good backup. Like, you can't look at the Rams today. The Rams are playing the Packers. The Packers are a favorite. There's no world with the Packers, the way the Packers are playing, that they should be a favorite against the Rams. But because Matthew Stafford is out, like, there's so many backup quarterbacks playing this week, and most of them are trash. At least Beijing gives you a chance. Yeah, a couple of hours ago, Adam Schefter tweeted this. Uh, six rookie quarterbacks will start today. Bryce Young, obviously. C.J. Stroud, obviously. Aiden O'Connell for the Raiders. Tyson Bajan for the Bears. Do you even have a clue to who Clayton Toon is? Clayton Toon? Clayton Toon is starting for the Cardinals today. Yeah, listen, hopefully he can sing them to a victory. Where, where do you go to college? Clayton Toon? Yeah, Clayton Toon. Um, I don't know, so I'm asking you uh, Clayton to Toon, confirm that we don't, Clayton we don't know Clayton Toon, this. a journeyman starter Clayton at Toon. James Madison. Clayton Toon, went, <laughs> he went to uh, Houston. Okay. Clayton Toon, Houston quarterback. 
Uh, you remember watching him at Houston? Yeah. And then all the, the Houston Vikings games I watched. are starting Jared Hall. Jaron Hall. Jaron Hall. So, you know, six rookie quarterbacks are starting today. It's something we talked about in the offseason. The Bears needed a backup quarterback to take care of the situation because there's no guarantee to have your guy start for 17 games. It's unrealistic. Lewis in Columbus, listening on the ESPN Chicago app. What's up, Lewis? What's up, fellas? How you guys doing? Good. What's up, man? Um, I'm, I'm curious. I don't, like a couple callers ago, uh, this coaching staff to me is going to be gone at the end of the season. And so what does this team do, considering that this um, coaching staff handpicked a bunch of defensive players for a specific defensive scheme? Like, what happens if we go to a different coach and they have a different scheme and then we have to change things up again? I mean, how, how can that set us back? Like, where, where, do, where does that put us defensively on this team? Yeah, that's a fair question. I would say right now the Bears have a defensive-minded head coach and the defense isn't very good. Yeah. So I don't know if you're really pushing yourself backwards in any sense. I mean, right now the Bears enter this week the 24th team in defensive yards per play. So you have a defensive-minded head coach and the defense kind of stinks. I don't know if you're taking a step backwards if you come up with a different scheme next season well i i think that uh i go to what lance briggs says and he's coming up with sylvie and dion at, at 10 o'clock for your pregame show here leading you into the bears and saints at noon and he you know they've talked about it the cover two a lot because you're like is the cover too bad is it outdated and he's like no they just don't have the players like you need players like they don't have enough good players to run the system successfully like you need absolute monsters up front that guarantee that they're going to get to the quarterback more often than not. And that's how you run. Like, and they don't have that. And the addition of Montez Sweat is huge. That will help. And he's going to be here. But I don't really think that coming a new coach coming in with a different system is going to matter because most of their players aren't really good enough to run this current system. Alex and Rockford, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Alex? How's it going, fellas? What's up? Alright, so basically what I'm saying, what I'm what I'm hearing, everybody wants to see Tyson, but we got the guy free for, oh, damn near free for four years, okay? We got, we're going to have plenty of time to see him, especially if we draft another quarterback and he busts out, you know, or gets hurt like Fields always is. But on the other hand, we watch Fields come back these eight games. He really shows out, puts up big numbers, or, you know, just takes care of the football, runs a decent scheme. Um, then we got an arsenal picks for next next year. Now, polls on his statement seems like he's a sluice guy. Okay, so maybe say they keep him, and Fluce gets his three tech, you know, top of the draft, and then you know, then we're talking, you know, Fluce could be taken over again. What do you guys think about that? So player, they need the players. They need to draft someone on the defensive line to allow Flus to have his defense kind of excel. It's kind of like the thought there from Alex. Yeah, I don't. Um, I mean, I don't necessarily agree with that. I look at teams that you know keep their their themselves in games because of their defense, and like the Jets' defense is crazy good. I understand that they're they're eons away from what the Bears are right now. But they're playing with a backup quarterback. Their quarterback got hurt the first year. Aaron Rodgers got hurt the first series of the game. They're over 500. 
You know, they find ways to win games because their defense keeps them in games. I would think that by now, with as much money as they spent on that side of the ball, the draft, the high draft picks that they had, that yeah. this would have been a better defense. This is the 30th ranked defense in the NFL. They're one of the worst defenses in the NFL. You have a defensive minded head coach. You need to be in games. Like, your defense needs to not be a liability. I'm not asking them to be a top-five defense just because look at the Saints. Like, the Saints are a perfect example. Exact same time as Matt Eberflus was hired, the Saints promoted Dennis Allen to be their head coach. They took the interim tag off. He's now their head coach. The only two teams in that cycle to have defensive-minded head coaches. Everybody else went with a Brian Dable and all this kind of stuff, right? So... What's the difference? The difference is the Saints have a top 10 defense, and Derek Carr keeps them in games. The defense keeps them in games, and they find a way to win. Now it's a garbage division. I get that, but they find ways to win football games. There's a difference. There's a reason they're at eight and a half, nine and a half points in some places. That, that's wild. When you told me that this morning, because I, I did see in, in one place it's eight and a half, another place, nine and a half points. That's crazy. The Saints are not a good football team. That's my point. But why are they favored by nine and a half points? Because they defense. can't keep it close. Because they're defense. Well, I mean, you know, that was so disappointing about last week against the Chargers is like they <laughs> had no impact on Justin Herbert whatsoever. None. He just did not whatever until he late. wanted. TJ Edwards hit him late, and that was yeah, it. Yeah, but at that point, the game was basically was over. over. And, and the the ability to just kind of move and dink and dunk the way down the field, it's like, okay, I get it that you're playing this cover two shell. But, like, yeah, your your backers get tackles. That's you're it. Not, you're not doing anything. Now, that being said, Chris, I couldn't resist the nine and a half. Well, good. It's a lot of points. I couldn't resist it. It's a lot of points. I saw it and I was like, oh, man, not really? Nine and a half? Okay, fine. Keith in Mobile, Alabama. You're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Keith? Gentlemen, how are we doing this morning? What's up? Hey, guys. So, uh, yeah, heading back to New Orleans two weekends in a row for a Bears game. Uh, flew out last weekend, went to SoFi. Now, <clears throat> I'm looking forward to see what Sweat can do on the defensive line after watching like you guys just mentioned, Justin Herbert get no pressure all day. But the real question is, last weekend I tried to bring a baguette into SoFi Stadium, which was confiscated. Should I should I go for it again, or yeah. what, what's the plan here? Wait, well, so why did they confiscate? Why did they take it? Uh, well, uh, you can't bring outside food into the stadium, is what they were trying to tell huh. me. I didn't uh, know that. See, you can you can bring out to- you can bring outside food into Soldier Field. Yeah, well, and then, you know, it was kind of also disappointing because uh, being out in Southern California, I found some fantastic uh, mango salsa that we were kind of mixing together with that they took that, too. So, uh, disappointing. That's lame. But, Keith, are uh, you the guy that tweeted yeah. us the picture of you, like, dressed as Waddle, basically? That was me. Okay, awesome. That's awesome. He had the Waddle jersey, yeah. he had the visor, and, yes, a full-on baguette trying to get it. I say, why not? I wouldn't. I maybe don't spend the money on the jam. Maybe a smaller baguette. Yeah, like a three dollar baguette can't hurt anybody. You know. Oh, I'm and sure if, you can find a baguette for like a dollar somewhere. And if it gets well, it's New Orleans. Listen, you put a little. You could get a beignet baguette. Get a whole baguette oh, yeah. that's actually oh, just a, bin, a gigantic beignet. Yep, it's been a good night in Alabama last night. Hoping we have some good luck here. I haven't missed a Saints game, Saints Bears game over here since uh, the 2005 game at Tiger Stadium after Katrina. Mm. So yeah. Looking forward to it, and uh, but yeah, haven't had a lot of luck. Maybe the baguette will do it this time. Who knows? All right, Keith. Good luck. All right, man. Let us know how it goes. 
Cheers, guys. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Right, there he is. There's Keith in Alabama. He's heading down to the game in New Orleans uh, this morning, listening to Black and Abdallah, getting himself ready for some Bears football. But get on the field. <laughs> Black and Abdallah, we've got more coming up next. ESPN Chicago. Chicago. It's the Game Day Tailgate Show with Black and Abdallah on the new home of the Chicago Bears. ESPN Chicago. We do have Bears news from yesterday. The Chicago Bears have agreed to a long-term contract extension with edge rusher Montez Sweat. He's 27. Sons a four-year extension worth $98 million, a source tells Adam Schefter. Uh, yesterday, Sweat's new deal includes $72 million guaranteed, roughly $62 million of that at the signing. Uh, it's front-loaded. He will earn about $56 million by the end of 2025. So there's the contract information. Uh, He is signed. He is in the mix. Uh, We should see Montez Sweat today for the Chicago Bears. Uh, And Sweat is the second player this week to receive an extension from Ryan Poles, Bears GM. Uh, Earlier in the week, defensive tackle Andrew Billings got a two-year extension worth $8.5 million, $6 million guarantees. So Montez Sweat, uh, a topic throughout the week because he was traded for on Tuesday, but also... Uh, you also get the contract extension, so he's in for the for the long haul with the Chicago Bears. I don't mind the deal. Uh, it's a lot of money, but uh, that's kind of what you had to pay when you gave up a second-round pick because Ryan, this was Ryan Poles' job, right? Like this, His job was kind of on the line with this one. If he didn't find a way to get Montez Sweat signed and you paid a second-round pick and he ended up walking or you had to use a franchise tag on him and then you have a disgruntled player on your hand for the next year, that's a problem. So I also like that the money is very front-loaded because you have a lot of cap space next year. You have $95 million. Now you have a little bit less because of that. Um, But also, he's older, right? He's 27. So next year, he's going to be 28, and you're paying the majority of the money when he's 28, 29. And then the deal doesn't look as bad when you get to 30 and 31. And then when he's 32... If he signs another deal, it's not going to be for this much. He's going to be 32 years old. But if he's not a productive player at that point or if age is caught up with him, then you can either let him walk or you can franchise him at that point, whatever you want to do. The point is that I think this this isn't a bad contract like I saw a lot of people reacting to on social media yesterday. A lot of people were saying this is way too much money to pay for a guy who's never had double-digit sacks. Well, Sweat is now the highest-paid player on the team. Uh, he's the fifth-highest-paid edge rusher in the NFL at $24.5 million per year. Is it an overpay? Perhaps. I would imagine you'd be play- paying somewhere around this ballpark figure in free agency. Like here, Here's the key. You didn't have to negotiate with him taking other offers from other teams exactly. at this moment. Uh, so he's in the mix. You have an edge rusher. Now, for the next four years, you expect him to be top five pass rusher in the National Football League. Because yeah. at, at that point, now you're, you're starting to build that, that defense that you know some callers a little bit earlier ago were suggesting. That's what Eberflus needs. He needs the front four to create havoc in the pocket to allow his system to kind of work. So now it's up to Sweat. Sweat's got to be... A great player for this team. That's it. Yeah, and I mean, look, he's got six and a half sacks right now, so he's on track for double-digit sacks this year. doesn't mean he's going to get there, but I think you're right. I think it's it's not uh, 
on the box score, like when you see his stats and when you look at his, you know, pro football reference page, but he does, he is one of the best run defending edge rushers out there, which has been a problem for the Bears. Setting the edge during the run against opposing teams has been awful for the Bears. I mean, look at the game last week against the Chargers. Like, Herbert didn't do a lot. It was a lot of running the football, a lot of, uh, you know, screens, a lot of that kind of stuff. Sweat is going to add stuff there where and add an impact there where you just look at the sacks numbers and you're like, well, he's only got six and a half sacks. He's ever had double-digit sacks. It's an overpay. It's everything else that he does. And ideally, he frees up, you know, so Yannick, Yannick Ngakwe can have a better season this year. Uh, and so if you've got two guys coming off the edge like that, and Ngakwe is probably not going to be here next year, but you can go out and draft your next, you know, defensive end that will be opposite of Sweat for the next four or five years. So I, I don't mind the deal. I don't think it's a lot of money. I think that's just kind of going to be what the market is. And like you said, now you're not negotiating against another team where he's like, hey, I'm getting 27 from this team. And you're like, yeah. all right, we'll give you 28. And then all of a sudden you're paying $30 million a year. And we know that polls has a limit. Like, we've seen it. We've seen it now with the Jalen Johnson contract negotiations. Ryan Poles has a limit. And once you exceed that limit, doesn't matter how good you are, he's not going to overpay for production. It's Paul Abdallah here on ESPN 1000. We're in week nine of the National Football League. Now, the uh, first game of the day taking place in Germany, Kansas City, Miami, 12 minutes left in the first quarter. Uh, It looked as if Kansas City scored a touchdown early. I believe the football hit the ground on the pass reception uh, from Mahomes. So I think that that was wiped off the board. It's still Chiefs ball 12 minutes ago, but they're in the red zone. They're driving. This is a big game. This is uh, one of the games of the weekend, and Mm -hmm. it's in this early window since they're playing in Frankfurt, Germany. There's a bunch of good games today, uh, including this one. And I'm glad that it's a... uh, I don't mind the 8 o'clock football. You and I watch a lot of soccer. And so I don't mind there being a game on at 8.30. I think it's good. From what we know, uh, Germany loves the NFL. And so this game is in very high demand, especially because of how good the game is. You see two of the best offenses in the league, two top five teams in the league. Maybe we'll get into that in five up, five down. Two top five teams in the league. But as the Chiefs just score now, pending the extra point, it will be uh, seven to nothing here. 11-yard run for Rashid Rice scores a touchdown. So it took the uh, Chiefs one extra play to get into the end zone for the touchdown. It's seven Nothing. Chiefs over the Dolphins 12 minutes ago, first quarter. That action live right now from Germany. And we'll keep you updated to that game. It's one of the games of the day. The other games that uh, kind of have piqued our interest. You know, here's one that maybe doesn't get the um, the shine as the others. Ravens hosting Seahawks. I think that's a good game because I the Seahawks continue to prove that they're a really good football team. Even though they get no respect, they're 5-2. and two. They travel to face the Ravens, who are 6-2. and two. That game's at noon on CBS. It should be a great game. The Ravens are a 6.5-point favorite. I like the, Seah- the way the Seahawks are playing. I like the way the Ravens are playing. The Ravens are definitely one of the best teams in the NFL, even though they have two losses. I just think that they've been playing well, and Lamar Jackson's playing well. That defense has been really good. I think this is... that's. To me, that's uh, besides the Bears game, obviously. Uh, that's the best game in the uh, the noon slate for me. Late afternoon window, the Cowboys travel to Philadelphia. The faceoff against the Eagles. The Eagles are seven and one. The Cowboys are five and two. Three twenty-five kick on Fox. Can the Cowboys take down the Eagles on the road? 
I don't know. Because it's a road game, I think I lean Eagles so far in this game. I think this is going to be an absolutely great game uh, in that prime, you know, afternoon 325 slot on Fox. I think this is a a great game for both these teams. The Cowboys played really well. Um, they've they've played really well at times, and they've played just okay at times. I don't know how to rate the Cowboys right now. I know what the Eagles are. The Eagles are a roller coaster that you're going to ride and hope to get off at the end of the at the end of the ride. And you're like, win, All right, man. they find ways to win. That their defense isn't as good yeah. because they lost some pieces. Their offense, I think Jalen Hurts has as many or more uh, interceptions than he had all of last year. Um, and so he's kind of come back down to earth a little bit, but they just find ways to win games. And I just don't know which Cowboys team is going to show up. Tonight, NBC, the Sunday night game, 7-20, Bills at Bengals. The Bengals are 4-3. and three. Buffalo is 5-3. and three. The Bengals got off to a rough start, but seem to be uh, picking up a little steam as they, they get going here. Same thing that happened to them last season. And Buffalo, they're supposed to be great. And they continue to stumble in places you expect them not to. So Buffalo at Cincinnati, the Sunday night game, that should be a great game tonight. And I think if you look at the Bengals, they're the team that's really turned the corner. They've won four or three, four of their last five, three in a row here. You know, they, they won by 14 against the Cardinals. They won a close game against Seattle. And then we saw, you know, uh, last week them just absolutely decimate the 49ers. Uh, Brock Purdy in that game, not really playing that well. So... 31-17. The Bengals look like that team those first two games. There's They lost a very close game against the Ravens, 27-24. But after that, it just feels like ever since that Tennessee game where they, they just were absolutely annihilated, 27-3, they've really turned it on. And then we have the Bears and the Saints. You can listen to the game right here on ESPN 1000 at noon. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer will be on the call of the game. You also get four hours of post-game coverage after the game, Peggy and Yurko for the first two hours, and then Meller and McKee. You'll hear them for the two hours following Peggy and Yurko with the network pro, uh, post-game show. So you have four hours of post-game coverage, Bears and Saints, right here for your home for Bears football. It's ESPN Chicago. It's Black and Abdullah. We'll be right back. The new home of the Chicago Bears. It's the Game Day Tailgate Show with Black and Abdullah on the new home of the Chicago Bears. ESPN Chicago. When Matt Eberflus has faced situations where he's more than a seven-point underdog, things have not gone well for the Chicago Bears. They really haven't. No, they have not. He is three and six against the spread as a seven-point dog or more, and they've only won one of those games. You remember that game? Oh yeah, mini by game. The mini by game where they beat the Patriots. But it's after that, three and six against the spread. Zero and two this year against the spread as a seven-point dog or more, the Chiefs and the Chargers games. And we both know that the uh, the Chiefs game wasn't even a game, and the Chargers game was out of reach the most of the game. Yeah. Uh, and so because of that, it's tough to go to the window or open your app or whatever it is that you do to gamble and say, give me the Bears plus nine and a half. But I did it. <laughs> I mean, I did it. I just... I, I think this is a this is a bet against the Saints. Like, well, it, Dennis it, Allen when he's been favored by more than six is five thirteen and one against the spread. 
Yeah, so the, the Saints, but that's because they're not a good team. Neither the Bears. No, I know, but like they like, do. They're both not good. Well, like based on our conversation, they are starting a backup quarterback. So, like, that's the thing. Like, if they had their starter in there, Justin Fields, I would say that's an automatic play with the points. Well, I don't think it would be. I would probably be seven, right? Seven sounds right. Yeah, seven, six and a half, maybe. I know they're a favorite. That's a lot of points, though, against a starting quarterback. As of right now, the look ahead for Sunday, is there a two-point favorite at home against the Panthers? You mean Thursday? Thursday, sorry, Thursday. Two-point home favorite against the Panthers. A little bit more respectful, I guess. So earlier this year, you mentioned the two games. Kansas City, the Bears were a 13-point dog heading into that game. Uh, they lose that game. At the end of the first half, it was 34 to nothing. So the game was just a blowout from the start. Uh, last week against the Chargers, the Bears entered that contest at a 9-point underdog. They entered halftime down 24-7. to uh, So the Bears were down by 17 at halftime. Mm-hmm. So the question, I think, isn't can the Bears cover this number? Can they keep it close? Can they play this game close into the third and fourth quarter? I think that's the question we have to kind of analyze here in question. Because, like, when you look at it, his teams haven't been able to just keep it close throughout these games, even give himself a chance. And then, on top of it, if you want to say they, they have a chance, he's giving, he's giving the team a chance, then you have to get to the point where it's like, you have to hope that the head coach doesn't mess something up with the timeouts or, or with his in-game decision-making to botch a close game where you are a heavy underdog. Mm-hmm. Like, can he do everything in his power to make it uh, an option where they can win? I don't know if he's, he's the type of coach that can do that. No, I don't know. I know that the, um, the Saints beat the Colts last week 38-27. Now, it's Gardner Minshew in there. He's a very, very good backup. You know, he might be one of the best backups in the league. The Colts team is decent. Anthony Richardson was playing well until he got hurt, had to have surgeries out the whole year. It's Gardner Minshew's team till the rest till the end of the season, right? But they still hung with the Saints for a while into yeah. that game. They put up twenty seven points. The game plan is there. How do you beat the Saints? Well, you're going to have to have success throwing the football. Gardner Minshew had success throwing the football against the Saints last week. Uh, if you look at the uh, the box score, Gardner Minshew threw for 213 yards and two touchdowns. You know, was only sacked twice. Is that he had one interception? Is that something that Tyson Bajan is going to be able to replicate? You know, the um, they also ran the ball for 165 yards. So the ground game needs to get going for the Bears. And Tyson Bajan needs to play clean football and actually move the ball down the field. Because that's how you beat the Saints. Like, you have to hang with them for a little bit. Now, we know the Bears' defense and their 30th ranked. Derek Carr threw for 310 yards last week against the Colts. I have a feeling he might be able to replicate that. And this is like, this isn't just on Derek Carr, too, because if you look at the way the Saints are built, Taysom Hill, Alvin Kamara, they've got weapons Rashid Shaheed like they have legit weapons and I just kind of see the same kind of game plan that the Chargers ran against the Bears having success against them this week with the Saints like you've got weapons on offense you've got a good running game you've got a a Taysom Hill who I still don't know what he, he had 30 he had 44 yards passing last week so like they still use him every once in a while as a passer so 
I, I just find it hard to believe that the Bears are going to be able to keep up. That being said, I bet them plus nine and a half because I like pain, I guess. Well, I know. you know, you look at the Saints offense. Can they stop Kamara? Can they stop the run game? The Bears are third in defensive, <laughs> defensive rushing yards per game. So the Bears defense has been able to stop the run to this point this season. Surprising because when we see the results, you'd say they're probably way worse against the run. Yeah, they don't. They're they're three uh, Philly, Detroit and Chicago. Those are the three top teams against the run in the NFL this year. Now, you could then flip that and say, yeah, because the Bears can't stop anyone through the air. So teams don't try to run. Maybe that's possible. Well, and also uh, look at the Chiefs and the Chargers. Those games were out of hand. They're just running the football like it like in the second half. The Chiefs yeah. are just running the football uh, to run up the top five Jacksonville and San Francisco. So those are the top five teams against the run. Black and Abdallah here on ESPN 1000 on a Sunday morning, 8 to 10 with you. Uh, also, later on today, Abdallah, you and I will be at Fry the Coop in Westtown for a football watch party. Yeah. At noon, noon to 2, we'll be hanging out. Brought to you by Pipeworks. We'll be drinking beer, eating chicken at Fry the Coop. Yeah, we'll be drinking the beer that's on our sweatshirts right now. If you're on Twitch, twitch.tv slash ESPN 1000 Chicago. I don't have actual beer on my sweatshirt. It's a, it's a label. It's a very nice label. Uh, Chicken versus Unicorn. They're doing yep. Pipeworks is doing a tap takeover there. So they have a bar. They got TVs. Game is going to be on. A, a, a professional game being played by a Chicago yep. team and a New Orleans team is going to be on TV. We're going to be eating delicious Pipeworks chicken sandwiches, tender plates, messy fries. I haven't had the messy fries yet. I think I'm going to get the messy fries. Um, also, it's a Sunday, so it's kind of brunch time. So I'll probably get the uh, the donut chicken sandwich just because it's brunch. Yeah. You know, it's a little bit of both. Treat yourself. Uh, and then, obviously, we'll be drinking some great Pipeworks beer. Come hang out with us noon to 2. We'll be watching the game between the professional team in Chicago and the professional team in New Orleans. We love the history of the National Football League, and when the Bears score, we know that this is played, right? Bear down, Chicago Bears. times at Fry the Coop later on today. We'll sing it. Yeah, we'll celebrate together. You know, when we look at the Saints and we look at the opponents each week throughout the National Football League, the Saints kind of have like a messy music history. Um, from what I, from which, my loose... Which is weird because New Orleans is a great music town. Yeah, like from my loose internet research would suggest that when the Saints go marching in it is a song that's played a lot, which would be like obviously, right? Yeah. Okay. Like that's not that's not special. Oh, when the Saints um go over there. When the Saints won their Super Bowl, a lot of uh, new s- songs came out in honor of the Saints and uh, what is it? Houdat Nation? Yeah. And so the, a lot of that uh, came out in the last like 15 years. Nothing like classic old school style. And then I stumbled across this. Irma Thomas from 1988. Abdul this is the Saints go all the way. It kind of sounds like this is the same style as like most Christmas songs. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think I heard this in an episode of Righteous Gemstones. Like, this is what this is. It's not terrible, though. It's not good. It's not good for football. No. 
No, it's not good for football. I don't. I don't. I love the, the team to run out to this. It sounds very duoppy. Yeah. Yeah, it's from '88, which is not duoppy at all. Would you guess that? No, absolutely not. All right, so the, that's Irma Tom, Thomas uh, with the Saints go all the way from 1988. Like I said, when they went to the Super Bowl, they had a lot of like new uh, style songs yeah. come out. A lot of teams that happens, but nothing that's like classically. And then like as far as it goes back, it's like when the Saints go marching in, it's like that's not that's not specific for the football team. No, it's just kind of adopted because their name. Like we we get it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there you go. There's your uh, music history. I've always gotten who. In the NFL. Like I don't anymore. But when I was younger, I always got who dat and who day confused. Well, it's, like uh, it's, it's who was who was which one? Bengals and Saints. Yeah, I know that. Who's copying who though? I who's know that. First? I don't know. We'll have to find out if the Bears play the Bengals, which they don't this year. <laughs> I don't think it matters. <laughs> Black and Abdul. Here on ESPN 1000. <laughs> Chicago Bears pregame. Pre-game.